the wickedness of my people. This is God talking. He's telling these people that are coming in to his house, that are supposedly godly people, he's saying, go look at Shiloh. Go look at where I first set the covenant of the ark and see if it's still there. It's not. It's gone. It's desolate. It's deserted. It's in ruins. Because of the wickedness of the people that came to my house. My people. That's us. If you guys haven't realized that yet, this is who he's talking to. We can't continue to be a people that half-heartedly seek God on Sunday and then the other half through the rest of the week we're seeking sin. You can't have both. It says you can't have two gods in your life. I'm going to Romans chapter 6. So he destroyed Shiloh. He restored the first place of worship that he set up because of the wickedness of his people. We were talking about the fear of God this morning in Sunday school. We can't continue to be a people that think God is all love and we can do whatever it is that we want to do. God says, seek me. He says, come looking for me. He doesn't say half-heartedly or haphazardly or give it your best shot. He says, I want you and I want you with a whole heart seeking my face and I will give you this land to dwell in and it will be a great land and I will dwell with you. That's exciting. That's something that God's people should be excited about. We talked the other day, a lack of excitement in what God is doing. And it's among His people. It's among His people in which He is working miracles and doing things that we're not talking about. We hit it again on Sunday morning this morning about how His people are not excited about what He's doing. So how can I go talk to somebody that doesn't know and expect them to be excited? There's no excitement. Because we've got a people, God's people... That are half-heartedly seeking God and half-heartedly seeking sin. You can't do both. You can't do it. God says, seek me with your whole heart and you'll find me. So I ask you today, if you're seeking with half a heart, have you found half a God? There is no such thing. There is no Such thing as half a God. Because my God is whole. And he is pure. And he is righteous. And he sits on the same throne today. That he sat on when he was talking to Jeremiah. The same throne that he brought down fire. When Elijah was burning stuff. Compared to other gods. He stopped the rain when somebody prayed for it. He brought the rain when somebody prayed for it. He defeated armies. As long as our hands were held up in praise to him. That's the God I serve today. And guess what? If I live to be as old as some in here, that's the God I'm still going to serve. He stays the same. His word is the same. It doesn't change. It doesn't go in Genesis to say, 
Serve me with a whole heart and you'll find me. And then at Revelations, it says at the end of times, you can just seek me half heartedly and you'll find half of me. It doesn't say that anywhere in here. It says the whole time, seek me with a whole heart and you'll find me. It doesn't change. Romans chapter 6. Starting in verse 1, it says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us were baptized unto Jesus Christ, were baptized unto his death? Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so, we also should walk in newness of life. When you got saved, or when you got baptized, those are two different things. If you want to know the difference, come ask me. We'll talk about it later. But when you got saved, who was excited? Amen? That's an exciting time when you get saved and when you accept the power and the Holy Spirit of Christ. Now all that is bottled inside of you. You explode, right? You want to tell people. You, you think, like, who couldn't want this? My gosh. Who couldn't want Him? He's my God. Look what He's done in my life. He's turned me. I'm a different person. I'm a new creation. Look what He's done in my life. And you want to tell everybody. I was like that. I'm still like that. But you hit ruts. And you hit deep waters. And you feel sometimes that you're getting over your head. Or you turned around and you're a little bit lost. He's still there with you. You just have to seek Him to find your way back on the right path so that He can bring you out of deep water, so that He can pull you out of the darkness that you're in. But you've got to seek Him. David said in the Psalms, Take me back to that time. God, I want to be excited about what you're doing again. God, I want to be excited. I don't want to keep running and keep being filled with fear. God, I want to be excited about what you're doing. God, I want to stand on your promises. I believe that we're a David. We're running from fears of this world. We've got to stop running and looking for other things. Because you cannot fully seek God if you're giving your life over to sin. In the first verses of Romans 6, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Second verse, God forbid. God forbid that you continue in that way. Then at the last part of verse 4, it says we should... Also walk in the newness of life. Verse 5. For if we have been planted together in the likeliness of his death. We shall be also in the likeliness of his resurrection. You were buried and came back to life. Because you accepted Jesus Christ. Because that's what he did. Because he was killed. For our sins and your sins. And everybody's sins that you might choose Him. 
And then he was buried. And then he arose. And he's a living God. And he's a living Savior. And he's my God. And he's your God. And he is our God because we're supposed to be united together in the same spirit. One reason you come to church on Sunday, we are seeking God. And I fully believe because he set Jeremiah outside of his temple and told Jeremiah, tell my people that if they'll stop sinning, if they'll stop seeking sin on the weekdays, and when they come to the temple, their heart is for me and they're seeking me because they haven't been seeking sin the rest of the week, they're ready. You spend all week preparing for this day. Does anybody know that? You could spend all week preparing for this day. Because when you seek God all week and you're looking for Him, and then on Sunday you get to come together with a group of people like this that have been seeking the same thing all week, that unity in the Spirit makes God big. And when you seek Him, you'll find Him. Why? Because we've been buried the same as He has been buried. And we've been risen by a powerful God the same way that Jesus Christ was risen. That makes us like one another. Because we've all been buried and we've all been risen into a new person, into a new livelihood, into a new way of life. Now we get to experience the fullness of God. This becomes my mail and it becomes the living word of God because I have the spirit inside me to guide me through it, to show me what he would have me to see, to make it apply to every footstep that I take in my life. Why do you get a lot of different opinions on the same verse? Because everybody's taking steps to seek God, but the steps aren't in the same direction. My wife may not be right there beside me. She may be three steps ahead of me in her walk. Or she may be three steps behind me in her walk. But I can tell you one thing. When we go to bed at night, I know that she's praying to the same God that I'm praying to. And I know that she's praying in the same spirit that I'm praying in. And that unites us. And that makes us stronger. Because we're seeking God first, and it took us a while to get there. It took us a while to get there. And we had some hard times, and we still have hard times. He doesn't say, I'm going to smooth the road. He says, I'll make a way. He doesn't say the road ain't going to be bumpy, and that some of it ain't going to be downhill, and that some of it ain't going to be uphill. He just says, listen, I've sent my son that you might have everlasting life, He paved the way. That's what He says. I sent My Son so that there would be a way that you might have everlasting life. And if you don't have the Son, you have no way to the Father. That way is not there if you don't have the Son. So today, if you're if you're feeling like you're walking around lost, that you have no direction, that you have no guidance, do you have the sun? 
Is there a path that you're walking? Is there a direction that you're walking to? Does this life instruction manual talk to you or can you just read it? Because I promise you, if you start seeking God with your whole heart, this book will start talking to you. And the Spirit will start guiding you. And all of a sudden, guess what? You might have a little direction in your life. You might have a little goal. We talked about it in Sunday school. It doesn't matter if we're talking about the youth or if we're talking about 40-year-olds or if we're talking about 80-year-olds. You could tell when people are walking around lost with no guidance and no direction and no goal in life. It's squandered. It means nothing. They're walking around aimlessly. But God says, seek me, accept my son, because you're lost without him. And I will send my spirit to you to abide inside of you that will direct you down these paths. Because guess what? There's now a path to follow that leads somewhere. And the end result is a big one. Your path will lead two directions. Jesus Christ makes your path to an eternal life that you may spend an eternity praise and glorifying Him where He says there'll be no more sorrow and there'll be no more tears. That you get to sing praises and do it all day long and not worry about anything. How great is that day going to be, amen? That's exciting to me. I can't wait to get there where I don't have any more worries and I don't have any more stresses. Because I've given it all to God and I've given my all to serve God while I was here. And hopefully one of these days, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. We can talk about where the other direction leads, a life of aimlessness where you will never reach the promised land supplied by God. He was telling his people before they crossed over Jordan, you're not seeking me. You'll never find my promised land. He wishes none to perish. He doesn't say that there's not going to be some that perish. As a matter of fact, he says not only that some will perish, that that gate is wide and it's accepting. We've got to be a people. We've got to be a church. Let me get specific. We've got to be a church today that doesn't need a Jeremiah standing outside the door telling God's people telling us that we need to change because we're seeking sin just as much as we're seeking God. I pray every day that we don't need a Jeremiah standing at the gates of this church. That this church, because when we start seeking this church, this church, it takes God's people, it takes God's people to start seeking Him wholeheartedly and we can change a nation we can change a town we can change a school we can change a business guess what the greatest reward of all is though we can change lives we can change lives 
We talked about the blind guy, been blind for 20 years, that received his sight so that God could get the glory. And it's like, my gosh, why would a God need to blind somebody to get the glory? These are hard questions that we have to answer. But guess what? If it saves one soul, one life, then it was worth it. It was worth it. So I ask you today, please stand with me. We're going to open up the altars. And if you want to stop reading somebody else's mail today, if you want to stop reading somebody else's mail, and you want this word addressed, addressed purposely to you and to your life, accept Jesus Christ today. You can start receiving that. The book can start talking to you. And you can start changing lives through the power of God. Not just your own life. You're not changing your own life, Cody. Man, you can change so many lives, you young kids. You've got so much power, more than what you think. Because guess what? It may look like I'm in my prime, but I can assure you that I'm on my way out. Who's going to fill my shoes? It falls on the next generation. That's why we have our kids here. That's why it's imperative that they're here. Because Christianity can die in a generation. And it can be gone from the face of this earth. If we don't teach it. And if we don't lead it. We have a lot of power inside of here. And it comes through our God. And it comes through a body united in one spirit. Seeking an almighty God and what he would have. For our lives. Versus a temporary season. Of what pleasure. Sin might bring. So today I ask you. And I implore you. That if you don't know Jesus Christ. As your personal savior. Because you're wondering. And because you're lost. And you don't have a goal in life. You're just kind of. Tiptoeing around. And don't know really what to do. God says I'll give you that answer. I will make you a path that your path will reach, read, lead to righteousness through my name. All you got to do is accept me. And I will give you direction and I will give you a promise. And his promises that you will dwell in this land, that you could come live in my mansion. And I will personally build a room for you and it will have your name on the door. And there will be no times of sorrow and there will be no times of sadness. And it will be all joy. And you can sing, and I believe up there that I'll have a lot better voice than what I have down here. It's got to be better. Otherwise, my neighbor's going to be knocking on the door, and he's going to be like, keep it down. And there'll definitely be sorrow. And so I have to believe that my voice is going to be better up there. Because he says there's no more tears. All will be wiped away, and all will be good. But you can't have it unless you have the sun. It's not yours unless you have the sun. So I open the altars today to come pray that if you need to get back in line, now's the time. Get back in line. Get in alignment so you can find your assignment. And God is good always. These are promises that He will lead you to in this book. Because now it's talking to you. It's not just laying on your end table. It's telling you things. And it's showing you things. Today's the day. Today's the appointed time. There is nobody here by mistake. God wanted to see you this morning. And that's why you're here. 
there were no mistakes and no coincidences about the message this morning or the fact that my message lined up what we were talking about in Sunday school. There's no coincidences. God lines these things up for us so that we could have better, so that we could do better. And today's the day to find it. Amen? Today's the day to find it. The altars are open.